Well, welcome to Four Layer Takes. We are doing our deep dive on episode two of Lovecraft Country, Whitey's on the Moon. And you got your girl Mel here. It's me, Mimi. Uh, it's your boy Marcus, AKA Jacob Blake, uh, another black man who's was, a, I guess it was really attempted murder by the hands of the police, a black father of three. Um, lucky he's still alive, but um, it just goes to show that, like, a- again, like clockwork in America, racism always rears ugly head. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is he like um, paralyzed? Or yeah, he's paralyzed from the waist down right now. Mm. And I, I don't know. I know uh, Attorney Crum is there. Um, so I know they had a press conference today. I didn't watch all of it, but I know that they were, you know, he's, he's at least he's alive. Yeah, is all we can say at this point. It, 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 it happens often, but I'm, I'm still confused. Like, and I tweeted it out, like, I don't know how the cops have conditioned people to believe that they don't comply with the cops, cops demand that that's a reason for the cop to kill them. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like, they haven't, they, they haven't conditioned people on that. They have conditioned white people to believe that we must comply because them motherfuckers, there are tons of videos oh, of them not complying at all and, and yeah. living their most best lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. they're conditioned to believe we must comply. And, and that's, that's been since we've been here. And exactly. We, exactly. we must comply to them. It used to be random white people on the street. You had to not look in their face, step to the side, and just generation after generation. We, we have to comply. And Nobody yeah. else. And, they, mm-hmm. and immediately they try to demean demean the man's character. Like we have to be like perfect, perfect, extraordinary people, like perfect fans, perfect everything, for them mm-hmm. to even acknowledge our humanity. But I'm like, white people, as I said this before, white people get to go through life being completely mediocre and continue to fail up in society. George I mean, George Bush got to a presidency being yes. a failure in his life. Donald Trump is the president after squandering the bulk of the money that his father Father left him. Exactly, exactly. So, you know. And leaving people in the lurch. Like, he he has affected a lot of people in a negative way because he just didn't, because he would file bankruptcy and then not have to pay anything. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, and cheating on his taxes and like, um, I just feel like what happened this week, the fact that everything kind of happened the way it happened, then you had the RNC happen. It was literally... Whitey's on the moon. I'm like, so what, yeah. what, when I listen to the poem, I, was, I watched the show three times or this episode three times. And I have literally now realizing like, okay, it's just telling us there's two different Americas that we live in. There are two different realities that we live in. There is white reality and then there's everybody else. Or, or there's white and black people who are descendants of slaves reality. I think those those are the two that I can only focus on. And that is real, that that's what it is. Whitey is on the moon where you have somebody literally being shot in the back, not having a weapon, trying to help people stop fighting, do all these things. And, um, and then they end up getting killed for what reason? It makes no sense. Yeah. No sense. And, and then you have the RNC yelling and screaming about how great America is and how Donald Trump has helped us and have these people standing on stage talking about there is no racism in America. And I'm like, what and in my, I'm like, what America are y'all living in? Like, your reality is so skewed. What America are you living in? Because you're not living in. You are literally Whitey on the moon. And we on Earth. Like, I'm confused. And again, we talk about Nikki, Nikki Haley. Like, I don't know how you can say racism doesn't exist 
when you acknowledge that your parents experience racism and discrimination, or at least discrimination, which is racism, yeah. but you also don't go by your given name, your given Indian name because of that same reason. So to say right. racism doesn't exist is complete lunacy. I just the um, we'll talk about it more in an episode. But like going back to like recognizing Black people's humanity and how we don't have to be perfect, extraordinary people in order to have our humanity and our dignity realize that trope of the magical Negro right. that they talk, that, that happens in this episode and that has happened in, I mean, so, I mean, what, like Legend of Bag of Bands, um, a lot of the Stephen King books, um, I just, just that, that magical Negro, like we, us, us only, us black people or the magical Negro only existing to help the white man reach his goal. We need mm-hmm. to stop that. We, that I'm sick of that shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what Whitey's essentially Whitey's on the moon, you know, you know, part of that is a part of that poem. You know, it has other interpretations as well, but you know, yeah. Like white, white, (laughs) this white success and grand Mm -hmm. accomplishments are always um, made on the backs and, and blood of indigenous people or you know black people so absolutely yeah absolutely like yeah america owes black people so much like i mean i I think i said this before no other country has benefited so much from free labor unpaid free labor than america has no yeah none bro we are we are old we are old because of that yeah yep I don't know why it is. Y'all just need to go on somewhere why it is. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, it was the most literal um, interpretation. Like the most little thing that happened was remember when SpaceX was going up and uh, uh, they took the the um, astronauts up for the first time, and yeah. you got you saw like all of them. That was the day like everything kicked off with all of the major protests for Black Lives Matter. That was right after George. Like it was all happening at the same time. And I'm like, I'm sitting in my living room with two white people and they're like so excited about going up. And I'm like, a black man just, you just saw a black man literally get right. murdered on the street. So like our realities are so different. Yes. It just, I, I, and, and like, okay, the, yeah. Nail, my sister nail, the hurt her arm. And bitch, you worried about going to the moon? You worried about being on the moon? Right. Go on somewhere. I don't get y'all, you took $50 already. What more you want? But you want right. to go on the moon? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I may have to type that out and like frame it on my wall. Like I, I have never heard this poem until now, but this shit like the, it is so perfect for right now and today and what we're going through. So I, I, I don't even know. Yeah, it's a mess. Well, <clears throat> we have Whitey's on the moon. So we did our our Insta take, which was we hope everybody liked it. Um, if you guys didn't get the chance to hear it, please go uh, listen to it um, on our uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts because it was just a fun, quick take after we saw this show, this episode, and we were all like hopped up on like caffeine and sugar and like bouncing <laughs> off the walls. <laughs> we were like, we we're going nuts. We sounded like we had done a line. Each of us <laughs> <had done> a <laughs> line. We uh, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll get into it so we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive and um and we can kind of talk through other things that we took away from it after watching it multiple times uh and of course stop me you know if you guys want to chime in so again we you oh, know kicked off you know, yeah we haven't even kim's not here 
Yes. Kim is not here. She is uh, traveling for work, um, and she will be back with us next week. But she's out there making that money, get, making that folding money. Because listen, you got a job. You're trying to keep your job, keep your folding money, and that's all right with me. <laughs> okay. So, so we'll see her on the on the next go round. Miss you. Um, miss you. Bye. <laughs> get back home safe. Um, right. So we uh, opened up again. We uh, the Jefferson's theme song, and they like. Guys, on the second watch, when George opens that door and then uh, he's like moving on up, and then he like uh, ties his rope and then he like goes out and does a double step. Y'all, when I tell you I fell out, they were so happy. I was like, let's just hang out in the room and let's just read books and listen to this song. It was the funniest shit. Like, no, that, that opening thing is perfect. He reminded me so much of the actual. Oh my god, I'm gonna hit myself that I can't remember the guy who was in the um, who was in the Jeffersons. Um. Oh, if you hadn't said that, we could remember who it was. Oh, okay, whatever. He reminded me so much of him at that moment. Oh, George Jefferson. Yeah, he, uh, he reminded me so much of George Jefferson at that moment. Okay, his name's gonna come to me. His name's gonna come to me. Sherman Hemsley. Yeah, Sherman Hemsley. Sherman Hemsley. He because when he was dancing, y'all, he opened the bathroom door. He was like, shush, and he jumped out and he tied his thing. He was like, he had like just a a two step. It was just so funny. And then when Letty opened that bathroom door, she had that towel on and she was swinging that hair. I was like, listen, you just like you got a, a fresh uh, press. That's how hard she was swinging her hair. <laughs> yes. I mean, she was just into it. Like, you know what? I really want to see Journey Smollett and some more stuff. Just based she's off phenomenal. of it. Yeah, she's like, I for, you know, she's, I guess maybe, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of ton of TV. The last thing I saw her in was in, in that terrible Harley Quinn bullshit. Um, I didn't oh, she was in Birds of Prey? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I couldn't I even finish it. it. I couldn't even finish oh. it. So okay. I was just like, you know what? I need to see you in some more stuff. She's been phenomenal so far. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, um, it was interesting because when she was, I follow her on Twitter every, when the show comes on and um, she was like, I'm, I'm into uh, the Harley Quinn premiered on HBO on the, during the first episode or right at the first episode. Probably okay. came on Saturday and came on Sunday. She was like, I'm in two things right now on, on HBO. Like, this is amazing, which it is. Yeah. Um, for a young black woman. But yeah, she's phenomenal. Yeah. She is just phenomenal. So we Jesse, learn in the. Just the other hand, I don't know. Oh, child. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to get any more gigs. I don't know. I mean, if I was her, I'd be like, Jesse. I I don't know him. I, I have never met <laughs> that young man in my life. Like they <laughs> Y'all got the same last name. A lot lots of people got the same last name. <laughs> I don't know him. Weird. What did Kiki Palmer do? She was like, I don't know this man. Yeah, you're so sorry, to, sorry, sorry to this man. I'm sorry <laughs> to this man. <laughs> I don't know who this man is. Sorry to this man. Right. <laughs> oh Lord. So they are just living their best lives. Letty has all the clothes that fit her in this in her wardrobe, and George has access to all of these of his favorite books, and they're all first edition beautiful copies. And then it cuts like they're having the best time of their lives, and then it cuts the tick. And he just sitting there mad as fuck. He just sitting there like, <laughs> yeah, I got some I, right. I got some commentary on that. So I was listening. Okay. And you have listened to this podcast, um, but they were saying that that was essentially saying that once people people forget the pain and fear they had once they're introduced to the slightest bit of comfort slightest <laughs> bit of comfort and luxury and it was like oh i forgot all about that i was like if that ain't the kanye west the baby yeah. i ain't heard in my life yeah 
No, no, I, I felt the same way. Like people are so easily distracted by material things. Yes. And I, I kind of felt that was, again, a social commentary on what's going on right now. Like yeah. we're so, so distracted by sports, so distracted by everything else, but we kind of lost energy with the social justice and Black Lives Matter. Distracted, yeah. by this, distracted by this Monica and Brandon versus that I will be wearing in my um jelly flip flops. <laughs> oh <laughs> but I am. I'm not distracted. But I am gonna watch that damn versus. Next question. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to pick two black women against each other, but who gonna win? Shit. I don't know, man. Brandy got that. I don't know. Brandy got the uh, the vocal the vocal bible, but Monica be having them hit. Somebody on Twitter was like, "You ain't never heard Missy Elliott be like." New Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> New Monica. Yikes. <laughs> the shade. The shade. Yeah, I didn't think, I did not think about that. Uh, the thinking of, I didn't hear that podcast. But I definitely didn't think about people for, that people forgot so quickly, you know, like literally forget because yeah. we have other things going on. Right. Mm, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, Tick just sitting there in his little tight shirts being all mad. He's trying to figure, figure out what's going on. Uh, we find out that uh, Tick, uh, Tick's dad, Montrose, they tell them that he's in Boston, like helping helping um, the the owner of the home. Then we meet Christina. Uh, we find out that Christina um, was the lady that had saved their lives. You know, when her, when the car flipped over, when the guys were chasing her, chasing them, she uh, saved them. So she had saved their lives on a number of occasions. And we we're just like, who is this white lady? So she is Christina. And help me to say their last name. I don't say it right. Bright white, bright, bright white. I don't bright say their last white. name right. Marcus. Their last name. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm not a linguist. linguist. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say Christina. So um, we find out that um, you know she's the one that's been saving them. Her father's name is a guy named Samuel, um, and Samuel's distant cousin was a man named Titus. Um, and Titus was the founder of Artem, this town that they're in. Uh, he also founded a lodge that we find out you know has uh made up of these men who kind of follow the occult um dabble in black magic so we're finding out all these things and how this family of blonde hair white people are connected um then we find out that when they're they kind of meet this guy named william uh william is not attached to the cult um in like a direct way and he, christina just says he's my friend and he's a boy like he's but she would call him my boyfriend so we never find out quite what how william is connected to this family but he Kind of escorts him around and helps him. He tells them at the house they're in what is a lodge that was built by Titus that we know that was the founder, um, but that it burnt down so uh, during the equinox event. So we find out like this is just the replica of house that um, has been made and built by Samuel. Then we find out that um, uh, that Christina uh, that Christina again we found out that she uh, helped them along the way and that they're actually preparing for this dinner tonight that they want uh, their special guests of uh, the Brave Whites and if I'm saying that his name wrong please forgive me so they um, end up he takes them out to have lunch and again I'm like oh huh it don't matter <laughs> oh that's okay I'm sorry guys bright 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 okay I just think I'm just I'm from Alabama I'm all right I'm from Alabama so. Yeah, I'm from Texas. We hit a lot hard. of cars. I mean, you, you can call them Anglo-Saxons for all I care. <laughs> yeah. The Targaryens, okay? The Targaryens? The Targaryens? Yes. The Targaryens? <laughs> Marcus, uh, they remind Oh, yeah, she, she, did look, <laughs> she did look like Daenerys, for real. Yeah. That lady, she looks unreal. Like, she doesn't look human, that lady. I mean, it's like straight up. She does not like a human person. 
Um, so we have our racist Targaryens um, that we're just going to call them. So they're hanging out in the house. And so then they take them to lunch. Um, and as, when they go to lunch, what I cracked up, y'all. Letty was like, she was, he was like, you know, just ring this bell if you need the butler to come. And Letty like started ringing the bell. She was like, I need some, some uh, salt. She was like, you know, white folks don't season their food. And I was like, you know what? That is a stereotype, but it is really right. I believe you. Our tick was looking at her like, bitch, we, you don't remember what happened last year. You're talking about some damn salt and pepper. She was, <laughs> and that's what we feel like. They, uh, she was like, he was like, we got to come with a game plan. Like, all this stuff happened. And he was like, you know, when I shot the sheriff, she was like, you shot the sheriff. Yeah. And they were just like, <laughs> 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 like they didn't know what I was like. Oh shit! They don't know what is going on. He was like, you know, when at the cabin when we wrecked wood, and I'm like, you wrecked wood, you wrecked my car. They was upset on day two, and I'm like, y'all, this stuff had already happened. So get it together. They whole um, reaction to that was hilarious. Like they, it was, it was so like funny. genuine shock and like what? You lying? Y'all know that's how black people be. We're like, what happened? What is happening? Where are you lying? <laughs> It was so funny. And then, so Tick is like, you know, he's like, y'all, all we had, there were monsters chasing us, all this stuff. They're trying to, not, they don't believe him. They're like, okay. He's like, we got to come up with a game plan. You know, we got to get out of this place. I got to go down to the village and figure out what's going on. We got to find the car. Like, he's like, we need to split up. They were like, oh, no, no, we're not splitting up. Let me tell you something, black people. If you in or out of a horror movie, do not split up. Stay together, hold hands, because you your black ass going to die. Period. <laughs> We gonna die to if we down, we all dying together. They gonna find us, they gonna hands. find us in a pile on top of each other. It won't be Listen. no separate separation. <laughs> Not on this day. No, it gonna be the separation. Uh, so uh, Uncle George was, our lady and Uncle George, like, no, we're not, we're not splitting up. We're, we're going to stick together. You want one of us going somewhere, we're all going to go somewhere, which I thought was a very good idea. So then as they're talking and they're getting kind of excited, George looks up and he says, we're being watched. He's like, cool out, chill out. You know, somebody's watching us. But we never, it never pans over to see who was watching them. I was like, damn, I want to see who, who was it? Was it, I thought it was one of those racist Targaryens? Yeah, I thought it was William, but it could have been um, Fitz. I don't know. I thought it was William. But yeah, that's what I thought yeah, it was. But now that you're um, saying it, it could have been um, Fitz. Yeah, because you don't see the person. Right. So I was like, okay. And, and it seemed like to me, it was somebody that they didn't know because of the way he acted. Uh, he was just like, these people watching us, like, chill, you know, be easy, be cool. Yeah. So they um, they decide to, you know, go out after the lunch happens. They decide to go find the car and figure out what's going on. Um, so I call this the gaslighting scene because then they go down to find Woody and he's like repaired. The car is repaired and then... They're like, he was like, yeah, we, we wrecked it. And they were like, no, we didn't wreck it. Clearly it's fixed. And then you see uh, William, racist Targaryen, uh, baby cousin come out. And he was like, your car is fine. We just had to clean off a lot of blood on the seats. And I was like, did you have to say it like that? Like, calm down. You already know the shit that's shut down. Right. Bring it down a lot. So I just like, this is when they start to meet gaslighting um, tick. Yeah. Um, um, the other night, I couldn't fit, find the word. I'm like, why are they trying to make him seem crazy? That's what people that gaslight. Yeah. When I tell you, white people are the best gaslighters in the world. Like that is, and I've had somebody do this to me in an office where they're talking about me to all these different people spreading these lies, and you don't know what's true, and you look like you're the one that's crazy, but you're like, clearly this isn't real. Yeah. Like, okay, this is crazy. 
So um, we figure out he's the only person that understands what happened. He is the only person that knows that, uh, what happened to the car. So they see that the car is actually repaired. Um, then they decide to go down to the village. And the village, I think we all kind of talked about, it gave us different feels like the village of M. Night Shyamalan. I just said that all these black people have their invisible glasses on because the white people were just kind of walking around like not paying attention. Like it, I, it, I didn't catch it the first time, but Letty's even taking pictures of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you got, they, nobody's saying nothing. Like they don't think that's, these people don't look like they've ever seen a camera. So yeah. it was bizarre. Like that nobody reacted to that. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. I, I think Amish. We'll, yeah, that's why I was like, these are like, seem like some Amish people. I feel like yeah. we, we, we're not done with that. I, you know, I me too. Like we're not done with that. Um, but it yeah. made me feel like, uh, I don't know if anybody else other than me has seen Beloved. Yes. <laughs> that made me, it made me feel like, you know how it had that weird camera um, uh-huh. effect in Beloved in certain scenes when they had the flashbacks and it just uh-huh. made you feel creepy when she was thinking uh-huh. back to how she was attacked. Yes. And like, spoiler alert, killed her babies and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what that whole scene, it just made me feel creepy. Like, yeah. This is, felt, you felt very not right. Yes, it's, this, this is not right. <laughs> nothing about this is okay we need to get out of this situation with these right uh right. nice nice crazy Amish people we don't even know i've never seen this movie and it's got oprah in it beloved yeah i'm not gonna tell you to watch it but i'm i think all black people should watch it, but i'm not gonna tell y'all to watch it i, I think, want y'all to be out yeah i think all black people should watch it but it's to me i mean it's a horror it's a horror flick yeah but I don't think but it was. It, I don't think it was billed as a horror flick when it came out. Like you didn't really know what it was. No, and I still don't know what it is to right now today. Right. You can tell me it's a horror flick. I me and my me and my roommate watched it, and we sat after it ended. We sat in silence for thirty <laughs> minutes. Like like she and I didn't know each other, and we were in a house. Like I'm not I'm not saying like we're in a movie. We were in a home, and we couldn't. We didn't know what we had just seen. So we right. literally just sat there in silence, and nobody said anything. We were just kind of looking around, trying to like you were. You and it's a, I think that's the point of, of Beloved. You have to recover from watching that movie. Isn't it? I've never read the book. book. Yeah, it's a, a yeah. Morrison book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not, I, I bought it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this back on the shelf because I'm not, <laughs> I don't know if, if I'm going to ever be there mentally uh, to be able to read this book. Yeah, Marcus, I, I'm not going to tell you to read it or not. I, I see it as a, as a black horror movie. I haven't, mm-hmm. you, yeah. So it's been a long that? time. Yeah, watch it at Halloween. Okay, get in the mood. Right. Get in the mood. Yeah, turn off the lights. Get in the mood. Get some popcorn. Uh, it's it's very hard. It's a hard movie to watch. I'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, that I'll tell you. Um, so then as they're walking through the village, Letty, you know, they're like, something kind of going on with Tick. You know, we don't. He keeps talking about all this stuff. It don't seem true. And she's like, Do you think bad things happened in the war? You know, with Tick, or or he saw a lot of bad things. And so now you see them like starting to question his mental mm-hmm. abilities like his mental fitness so i'm like oh shit and he turned around like nothing nothing happened i'm i'm telling the truth like i'm like you are not proving a point donald like calm down <laughs> don't go crazy but that's um, how it is that's what gaslighting is they yeah. make you and you react like motherfucker i know how i feel i know what, i know what i saw i know what happened so i, th- I thought it was gonna turn into like the shutter island thing yeah shutter island's a good one too yeah because <laughs> you don't know what's real you don't know. Um, so then they're arguing and they hear that same whistle that when uh, the night before those monsters got called out. So they, 
Tig was like, oh my God, that's the whistle. So they run and they try to find where, who's blowing the whistle. And they see this uh, white lady with these two German shepherds and they're outside of like a tower. And um, she's, you know, just typical racist ass white lady. And she's saying some gross things or whatever. Um, but uh, George is like, okay, let me peep out the scene. Um, it's like a smokehouse where they, where she was saying that, you know, we don't have black bears, but you know, what did she call, she called them like things that come into the village or like, what did she call them? Not parasites. She said something like beast. derogatory. She said beast, didn't she? Beast. Yeah. 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 I, I thought she was, she was trying to liken them to black people. When the yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. The blacks. She shortened the it blacks. To blacks. Yeah. The blacks. Um, so if you, she opened the door and you see like there are pigs hanging down. So it's like kind of like a, a place to store meat or like a, um, like a smokehouse. And uh, Uncle George is like, oh, well, that is a stone building. And he realizes like that stone building has a stone foundation, meaning that it has a lower, le can have a lower level. So they're like, okay, that's what they're keeping my dad. Montrose has to be down like in the dungeon. Um, so then um, they start, you know, they're like, okay, we're going to come back here tonight. That's their game plan. So they walk, start walking away and the sun starts to set and they're kind of like, in the woods and i'm like black people stay in the village don't go to the woods we did not like guys i know two of you don't have memory but this is where it all kicked off in the fucking woods where monsters were like why would you go to the woods? you just told them to leave the village i don't know i did but they need to walk back through the village to go back to the house like faster faster <laughs> don't go to the woods it's, it's, a, it's a sundown woods don't go there don't trust it those Amish people didn't look like they could fight though. So I feel like they could beat the Amish people up if they had to. But those monsters, they can't beat them up. So as, so as they're walking through the woods, the sun is starting to set um, and the monsters come back again. So uh, you have another phase two of these freaking monsters. But before the monsters pop out, George says, you know, I have, I had a recollection. Like he had a pop-up memory. He said, I had a recollection, um, something that your mom told me and about her people and then like i i thought the same thing when uh tick turned around she's like why would my mom tell out of all the people why would she tell you and not me or my dad yeah and he says um he says oh you know your mom told me that she had an ancestor named hannah and uh that she you know uh she escaped her slave master after a house burned down so now george is starting to connect all the like okay this is the house that burned down Titus was very, you know, earlier William said he was very kind to his, to everyone, meaning like, wink, wink. He was very kind to slaves or probably, you know, having sex with slaves. He got his fortune in shipping. Yeah. 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 Um, so now he's making all these connections. So now we start to realize that Hannah, who was a slave of Titus, is now, we know that his ancestor um, was uh, Tick's ancestor. So Tick is a direct descendant from this Titus man and the slave Hannah. Um, so I'm like, okay, George, but you still need to tell me why. I was like, why did she tell you and not them? Like, that's when I started starting connecting the dots. Um, so then right after that happens, that's when the monsters pop out. And then, you know, Letty and, and George, like, it's like they're the first time they ever saw the monsters, you know, so they're freaking out. Um, then uh, Christina comes and she blows the whistle and the monsters dig back down to the ground. They go away. And the racist white lady with the dogs come and she's like, I... I, you know, I told y'all to get out of here and, you know, go back to the house or whatever. Um, Christina just kind of uh, walks out or rides off on her horse. And immediately after they all leave, uh, Uncle, jo Uncle George and Letty's memories are wiped again. So they're like, you know, what happened? Why are we covered in dirt? And yeah, then, I think you know, it's the whistle. It's the whistle. That it's wiped the whistle. Them. But it doesn't no. affect it. 
No, it's not the whistle because they didn't blow the whistle at, in the next scene. They didn't blow the whistle in the next scene. I think it's Christina. Okay. I think she's the one because witch. Um, a witch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she's. I think yeah, she's just a witch. Um. So then there, you know, dirt's on them and everything, and their memory has gone again. And so Letty's like, "Oh God, it happened again!" Like, uh, they were monsters, and we can't remember. Scene two. I was like, well, at least they're getting cognizant of it. So yeah, yeah. What did y'all think about that scene with uh, when George said that about Hannah? I, I I mean, I didn't put two and two together as quick as you did. And like I said, like again, this episode is giving you so much in each scene to digest that I'm just kind of hanging on by the edge of my seat trying to put it all together. Yeah. About possibly um, him being like the other man, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I was just, my thing, I was like, but why if, why if, why would Hannah, I mean, why, I'm sorry, why would Tick's mom tell you something that she wouldn't have told Tick right. or her own husband? Like, like I, I also thought it. that was, I also thought that was weird. Yeah. It, it can't, the first time I saw it, I thought it was weird, and I wondered about that, but I just didn't want to project that at that moment. I was like, let me let this episode play out, but. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the black man in me, the faithful black, the faithful black man in me, and you know. But I, oh. okay. Oh my god. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I missed that one. Yeah, y'all, if listeners, if y'all can only see the eye roll they just both gave me. <laughs> yes. Cray, cray. I rolled my eyes very hard. I almost fell asleep. I almost fell asleep. <laughs> um, so they're headed back to the house, and um, this is kind of the before dinner scene. I mean, remember that William told you know he wanted told them that they're invited to dinner uh, that night. So. They're going back to their rooms, kind of getting themselves refreshed and kind of regrouping. Um, and Tick, uh, uh, Christina told Tick, you know, um, that her dad, Samuel, wanted to see him in, in his laboratory. So, <laughs> excuse me, Letty and George go to their room and Tick goes to the laboratory. So he, when he walks in, he sees this man on the table, like having surgery and screaming. And I was like, okay, this is gross. And what's happening? So that's kind of how they, they kind of kick that scene off. Then they start, they cut to uh, George in his room. I'm sorry, huh? did, did we ever, did anybody find out what part was that? I thought that that was too small to be delivered. Was it a piece of the liver? Was it a, was it a kidney? Was it a kidney? Because you have another backup kidney or we, we don't know, it, it doesn't matter or what? I don't know, okay. I, we don't, nobody ever said it in the pod, the only podcast I listened to about the show was the one that the, that uh, HBO put out and they didn't say. Okay. What about, right. I, it just looked like a liver to me because I'm like, even it looked like a liver, even when you cook like an animal's liver. That's what it looked like to me. So I don't know. But he was taking off. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he doesn't even have a liver anymore. Like, I don't, you know, like maybe he has a backup liver from people that they murdered. I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. I have, okay. I have no idea. I don't fuck with cannibalism in any way, shape, or forms. <laughs> yeah. N nor should anybody else, guys. Right. Don't, do cannibalism. <laughs> don't do cannibalism, guys. <laughs> You said that like that was a selling point. Um, yeah. I personally, <laughs> I don't fuck with cannibals. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's none of us do. <laughs> Faithful black man, none of us do. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so then uh, we cut to George's room and I, I completely missed this the first go or the first and second time I watched it. But George is kind of muttering to himself. He's trying to figure out like what made him remember that Hannah story? Like, you know, you know, what happened? Why? So he he says to himself, he's like, if Tick is related, meaning that if he's related to Titus, 
then Montrose was just fate. And I don't really know what the, the last part is. Like, so Montrose was just caught up in all of this. It, they didn't, they never elaborated. So I'm like, I don't understand what does Montrose. Huh? Yeah, he was just the bait. To the yeah. Bait. yeah, exactly. Yeah. The bait to get him. Just a bystander in this whole entire thing. Right. Oh, he said, okay, I'm sorry, guys. I thought he said fate. He, he said bait. Yeah, he said bait. I got you. Bait to lure to, tick to lure chick. the house. That's what you all, that's why I got to keep on those closed captions. That's why I keep on those closed captions. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, and then he sees his favorite book on the bookshelf. So he goes and he like pulls it out and it opens up to a hidden, like this hidden door um, that like goes into this huge, beautiful library and uh, he looks on the desk and there is something, uh, there's like a, a look, like a little magnifying glass in a book called The Order of the Ancient Dawn. And mm -hmm. so he picks it up and I was just like, clearly somebody put this here because all these books and everything's put up really nicely and it's the only thing out here. Like, Christina, come on now. Christina put that there. Christina, yeah. I was like, Christina and William, they be, try they be trying to help y'all out. So, mm -hmm. Um, so those are the bylaws and uh, the order of the ancient dawn is the, the cult um, or the order that Titus started. Um, so then the book that I went and did a little bit of research. So the book that uh, George pulled down was called the house of the borderlands. Um, the house of the borderlands was a, a supernatural horror book written by a guy named William Hop. Hodgson. Um, it was written in 1908 and it was one of Love, H.P. Lovecraft's favorite books. Um, and he like, he raved about this book and it kind of like really influenced him along the way when he was starting to write. So I thought that was a really cool um, bring in mm. uh, through the whole thing. And in the book, and I think, and George talks a little bit about it later on in the scene, but the guy in the book, like he happens on a holiday and he goes to this house, like a boarding house, and he has all these supernatural encounters and he falls in love with someone there. He has to fight these uh, kind of supernatural creatures. So it's kind of like what happens to him as he's trapped in this house where he went really well on a holiday, end up in like a horror movie. So mm -hmm. I haven't read it, but that was uh, the research I did um, online. It's foreshadowing almost to what was going to happen. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Um, then we see that we go back to, we cut to Tick and Tick and Samuel are actually talking now. So he gets off the table. He was like, he's darker than I thought he would be. And I was like, do you know his mom and him? Like, why, why would you say something like that? That's so stupid. His daddy black as hell. What are you talking about? Right. It and was this, so bizarre. And this was long down the line. Don't y'all know the, the, pheno, the, the phenotype that <laughs> determines that melanin skin is strong as fuck. That's why the one drop rule existed, okay? And you see how many goddamn drops? Oh my God. He was gonna be black as hell. It was all the drops. It was, was all the drops. Two gallons of drops, okay? All the drops. You got, you got all the drips and the drops. Like, calm down. That was the only line that I thought was just really forced and it didn't need to be in that, it didn't need to be in the show. It was, it didn't make sense. Um, so I just thought about it because it, it was ridiculous. So. He, uh, for the first time, Tick is formally meeting um, Samuel Braithwaite. And I'm, if I'm, again, if I'm saying it wrong, please forgive me. Uh, Samuel kind of talks, uh, his daughter's there, so Christina's there, and he goes over to this painting and he's talking about, like, look at this painting called Genesis 219. He said it was uh, an a, a artwork by this guy named Joseph Tannenshire. Um, and then where God actually created each of the animals and he asked Adam to name them. So Adam put each of the, named each of the animals and that's what their names were from then on out. But that's calling that Adam put everything in perfect order. So 
I feel like, uh, yes and no, but whatever, Samuel. Right. Um, in that Samuel, you know, uh, Tick calls out like, so do you think you're God? And uh, Samuel's like, no, I'm Adam. So Samuel really has a fixation on the perfect, the perfect place, which he thinks is the Garden of Eden, going back to paradise. Um, so he, in his mind, paradise means something other than what the Bible literally says it is. It's whatever his version of paradise is, not necessarily our version of paradise. And mm -hmm. I think at, in the last scene, we see that, like, what they use tick for versus what he thought he was going to get. Um, because guess what? You're not God or you're not Adam. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry, God. So the research I did online about that painting uh, led, me, led me down a rabbit hole because people were saying that wasn't even the name of that painting and it wasn't painted by that person. So I'm not even going to go there. If you guys do the research, go for it. I was like, I cannot do all these clicks. I just don't have energy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So he, he, so we find out Samuel wants, Samuel wants to go back to that perfect moment in paradise before, you know, before Eve. Eve, yeah. ate, you know, and I'm sorry. I'm like, if you read the Bible, like God told Adam not to put that. You know what? That's not not, I'm so tired. Not I Eve. am so tired of this bad rap that Eve got. You know, God did Come tell on, Adam. Stop, stop. And, just, and just like every other time in relationship, the man is just like, oh, it's the woman fault. It's the woman. Look at this woman. He told you. He didn't tell her. No, 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 no. Yes, he did. Where did Eve come from? Where did Eve come from? Adam's rib. What are you talking about? Adam, she came from his rib. So she is Adam. God told Adam. By proxy, he told Eve the same thing. Proxy. Proxy, which means it wasn't direct. Thank you. By the transitive property, he also told Eve. That same message stood for Eve. I came, I came from my mama vagina, and just because somebody told her something in 1976 don't mean I yeah. automatically knew it. Cause I, and I yeah. came from okay, Tori, I came Tori, right on up out of there. Tori Lanes, I don't know how you uh, working out in this house. <laughs> I don't know how you working out in this house. It's not how it work here oh, in the 2000s in Trump's America, Tori. You need to bring it out. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Tori Lanes, bring it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at the end of that scene, um, uh, Samuel kind of walks off and, uh, you know, he's kind of done. He was like, I don't want to see you until, you know, until dinner. I don't see him until dinner. Like he wasn't there. He, he didn't address uh, Tick directly. He was just saying it out loud, um, which was kind of was extremely rude. Uh, then we cut back. So Tick and Christina walk up to his room um, and, you know, he was like, basically confronts her like, my my cousin, I mean my uncle and Letty, you know, they basically they can't remember. This is magic. Like you put a spell on them. And she was like, Wait, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? I didn't put a spell. He was like, Yes, you did. You need to remove the spell right now today. And the, it took me three, y'all, it took me three watches to realize that his door frame, yeah, it's 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 marked. I'm like, oh my god, like there, there's a spell literally like on your door. So then she was like, okay, then I, I told you I'd be your friend. I'll remove it. And then Letty, poor Letty starts screaming because now she remembers all the right. monsters trying to eat her dumb ass. And I was like, Letty, we're trying to tell you these monsters trying to eat you already. <laughs> so you got some damn loud seasoning. Listen, you worried about the salt and pepper, girl. We got to worry about these monsters wearing pants. Right. So, um, so then Letty's screaming and Tick tries to run out of the door. And then there it, we see that there is an invisible barrier. 
and the, the his door frame started to light up and that's when we see like the magic happening so the this coven i mean this they call it lodge or a group of men are basically warlocks like they are people that do dark magic um and for to you know to have immortality basically or that's what they want so i think we, we you know nowadays know a lot of crazy uh people who are doing a lot of things because they think it's magic um and that they're helping people but it's you're not the first this is the original q anon this is the original q anon um so yes i was like dang i can't believe i missed those symbols so yeah we saw the symbols on the door um and then she lets him know he was like oh y'all are like the the grand wizards like the Ku Klux clan and she was like uh bitch no they poor we rich and they like they wouldn't touch them with a 10 foot pole like basically like Right. Basically, they're Donald Trump, and then everybody else is just four white people. Right. So I thought that was kind of messed up. Um, right. And then it's the truth. It's just the truth. Yeah, and I like it. it is and I like your analogy. Like Trump, his base. If he was forced to hang out with his base or interact with his base, he wouldn't like him. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. No. He wouldn't even let them in his golf course. They they couldn't even afford to get in there. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so that was, it was, I like, okay, this is Donald Trump situation. So really great commentary on that. Um, then Christina, uh, so the a little boy comes and runs out like, oh, come with us, come with us, Christina. And then she goes and delivers a monster out of a cow. And I was like, <laughs> I, what? So the monsters are like parasites and then they're in these cows and they pull them out. I got, I don't know, guys, I really don't know where we're going with that one. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lean in and be like, okay, there's monsters and there are cows with monsters inside <laughs> Yeah, they, they almost lost me with that one, but uh, I, I, kept it, I kept it pushing. They, yeah. I was lost about how she could find love, humanity. I, I don't know what compassion for this monster, but can't do that for, you know, colored people or black people or minorities, you know, just, you know, that type of stuff. But okay. I have something to say on that, but continue. Okay. Later on, but go ahead. Later, okay, okay. I just thought of I thought of it like if this is like she said she had never had never delivered one before. We know that they can turn humans into monsters, right? But we we don't know what the rules are. That's I'm like I don't know what the rules are. I, I know you can turn a human into it. They're not really vampires, but to so are they parasites? And I just thought of I thought of like Alien, the movie Alien, um, Ridley Scott, and I was like, okay, so they need to be in something to like they're parasites. They gestate. And then they bust out, but then can also now they're vampires. So we've crossed so many genres. I don't know. I no, don't know. I mean, I think it's just that vamp vampires. Like vampires can vampires bite people and create vampires. Vampires also give birth to vampires. Vampires Blade? do not give birth to vampires. That's Blade that's what isn't, vampire Blade isn't Blade, hold on. Blade is not a he's not born a vampire. He's born a, he was born human. He was he born was, from a human that was big. He, yeah she was uh she was bitten as she or right before she was while she was in labor yeah i think that's how that went while she was yeah. in labor she was uh bitten and that's how he became a day walker yeah what it made vampire, me think of, i'm sorry the only vampire movie i have ever seen in my life where a vampire <laughs> gave birth to a, another vampire was that ragged ass twilight oh god let's not ugh. <laughs> Twilight's terrible. No, Twilight is not uh, vampire rules. Twilight uh, is not vampire rules. Underworld, underworld two, underworld two. They get so that's how I was gonna bring up. I was gonna bring up. Um, I was gonna bring up underworld, and it's the first. Well, yeah, it's the first. Yeah, underworld two. She does give birth to a little girl. Um, but yeah. they're different because Michael is a hybrid. Right. That's what I remember. 
Yeah. But do y'all remember, did y'all see Van Helsing? The no. show or the movie? The movie. So in Van Helsing, Dracula wants to have children. So what he does is they like, he gets the brides of, of Frank, of Dracula and the women do like pods that look kind of like this alien and they like hang them on the ceiling and they need a Frankenstein to like electrocute the pods to make babies happen. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really crazy, guys. What kind of kink is that? That's not like something that's not like some Falwell will do or something. <laughs> no, guys. But I love like I love that like this show makes me think of all of my favorite horror movies. Like that, like that's because we could just every Lovecraft touches pretty much all these, all of my favorite genres. So I'm just like, yeah. So I feel like Alien, this to me was more, the most it was like Alien, because the Alien, this monster had to go in something and then bust out of their right. butt. So that was kind of crazy. <laughs> That's not quite <laughs> where Alien went, but okay. Alien bust out their chest, even though this one had to bust out the cow's butt. <laughs> ah! And I just thought, like, I thought, I didn't think it was strange for Christina to fall uh, to kind of be in love with this thing because if you're taught your whole life that this is something that's special and it protects your home, which that's what they do, they're they're watchdogs basically. Then it made sense to me that she thought it was something that was lovely and beautiful. Like her relationship with it is totally different than my our relationship with it or the the watcher or the black people that's trying to kill. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't think I didn't think it. That it was something necessarily bad. It's just what she's been taught to value and believe. And she we clearly, said, she's from a cult. Like, she looked just like, like you said, Daenerys when them damn dragons hatched and she was uh, hugging <laughs> on them and kissing on them. And I think yeah. in the books, she was breastfeeding one of them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, you know what? This is the racist Targaryens. These are the racist Targaryens. <laughs> racist ass Targaryens. Calm down. Yeah. Uh, so the next scene, we basically see them be, be our our group being tortured uh, right before they go to dinner, and uh, we talked about this already, but we'll just recap. Letty, um, and what's happening is the spell. There, there's spells on each, all three of them. Their doors are already warded; they can't leave their rooms, and uh, now they're being tortured with these different hallucinations. So Letty uh, is thinks that Tick is coming in. It's not Tick, and they kiss and all this good stuff, and they thought, you know that. She was like, oh, you know, I don't want to have sex with you. And he's just like looking at her crazy, undoes his pants. And then there's a snake. Um, and I was like, okay, not the snake we were looking for. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought it was sad. Like when she was talking about, we find out that her mom would leave her for extended periods of time. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, but where were your brother and sister? So it just started making me, I'm trying to figure out like that family dynamic because we already saw it in episode one that it is unstable. Yeah. But like, if she's the youngest, where were they, were they just maybe with their dad and maybe, so I, I don't know. I think that, I think that we need to pay attention to her story about her mom leaving her in boarding yeah. houses. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that was really sad. Um, then we see George, uh, we see, I'm, I'm going to first do ticks. Tick is fighting with a Korean lady, um, and he ends up having to kill her at the end. He knows her. He calls her by her, by her name, um, but they, it's like he is in the Korean War, and he's basically fighting for his life, and he has to, you know, basically break her neck um, at the end. And the podcast uh, that HBO puts out on Sunday night with one of the writers, um, they said Tick was the only one in all, of, all three of these scenes that acted like he was somewhere else. He was the only one that wasn't cognizant and acted like he was actually in that room. Like he, he was back in Korea fighting this person. Yeah. Which I 
thought was really interesting. I didn't, it, and I never made that connection um, at first. No. Because Uncle George um, was the only one who really, from the, uh, from the get-go, knew that it was not real. He was like, yes. oh, this ain't real. But I'll fuck with you. I'll fuck with it for right now. But I know yes. it. And how the jump, the jump back to tick for a second. I, I watched or heard in a podcast that the lady that tick is fighting is not speaking Korean. If you turn on the oh. subtitles, it says she's speaking the language of Eve, Adam. the language of Adam, the language yeah. of Adam. Oh, so yeah. I went back and just double check that. Oh, cool, cool. I didn't hear that. I like that. Um, I, yeah, I, I'll go back and check that. I didn't know that. Uh, so uh, we see Tick, and right before all this went down, Tick was Morris coding to his uncle on the wall. He was tapping on the wall, and he typed out wizards. So, George, so the next we see George is kind of having his hallucination. He turns around, and the, uh, there's this lady, a black lady standing there. Her name, we find out her name is Dora, um, and she was a lady in the picture that he was holding uh, the last episode. He was talking to his daughter and his wife when he was at Letty's brother's house. So... Um, Dora clearly knows him. She's, she says, don't you remember when, you know, me, you, and Montrose would sit on the front porch drinking soda in Tulsa? And I was like, Lord, please don't, don't take me back to Tulsa, Lord. I, I can't handle no more Tulsa. Please, Jesus. Please don't I, take me back here. I hope, please don't. Uh, we, I, can't, I can't deal with Tulsa no more right now. Yeah, y'all don't, don't want to see Cal Abar? I mean, Not I can right see Cal but I ain't got to see him in Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> Can he come? Can he come to Artem? Because we didn't see him over here. Can he come to East Atlanta Village? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have DAV and we're gonna hang out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so you now you know, and this is when I started drawing the connection. I'm like, okay, so I in my and then nobody's ever confirmed this yet. And I have not read the books. I'm just going off this show. Nobody on any podcast wants to confirm it. I feel like Dora is Tick's mom and Montrose's ex-wife because she knows them from back in the day. Like they grew up, they, they was together when they were younger. Um, and then like they're dancing and he was like, he's looking at her very lovingly and kind of holding her very intimately. And she tells him, you know, magic is real. Like, did you ever think that magic could be real? It is, it is real. She was like, you know, you can actually fly and you can fly with your children. And I was like, hashtag what uh i missed the whole chapter in that whole book because i don't know what she was talking about um so hopefully the next episode we can get a little bit deeper uh, it, was, it was an attempt if all of these seem was were attempts on their lives it seemed mm -hmm. like if that was some sort of attempt because that's that's when he backed away kind of he like he was like mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like kissed on yeah. the forehead he was like mm -hmm. and was like yeah. just backed away I don't know. That's I don't know. what I'm thinking right now. Okay. Then uh, he tells her about his favorite book. And that was the book that he pulled off the shelf when he went into the secret library. And he says, you know, oh, this book is about a man who, you know, was in, uh, in this house. And he, he, was, uh, he saw the love of his life. He had to fight off these creatures. And she's like, well, did they, were they together forever? And he was like, yeah, because the house collapsed on, collapsed on him. And I was like, damn. Mm. I missed this. I watched the show twice, and on the third time, I finally got it. Like all that shit was foreshadowed, and I was like, "Oh, Uncle George, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, don't go." So now we're seeing like um, that Uncle George. Uncle George to me is the because he loves sci-fi and horror so much. He, I feel like he is more connected to maybe the supernatural world. I, in my mind, I feel like Hannah the ghost 
whispered that shit to him in his ear in the forest. I don't think that he it was a I don't think it was a recollection for what Dora told him or what his the mom told him. Mm. Mm. I feel like I feel like maybe Hannah was out there and she because the way he when he swooped around he was like I had a recollect like this is pop up memory and I was like mm. Mm, I think a ghost whispered that in your ear. Hmm. So that's just my own personal. That's what I think. But yes, uh, like uh, Mimi said, he he was like, no, you know, I can't be with you. You're, you're dead. Like I'm alive and you're dead. We're not gonna be together. So he kind of backs away from her and um, and walks off. Or walk, you know, walks away from her. But he's. I love the fact that he was in control the entire scene. Like he never he never slipped up. He never fucked up. He knew what was going on uh, because Tick had had warned him at the very beginning, which was really cool. It was a cool, it was a very cool scene. Courtney B. Vance and all them eyelashes did a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> There's a yeah. door. So, yeah. Um, so they are, uh, so we know that now these people are a cult and we see in each of the rooms that they're being watched. Um, so they're being watched by these cult members uh, that are a part of this lodge and these warlocks and they're being watched like through different mirrors and windows in their room um, and I thought what was really interesting on the uh, the podcast from the showrunner and when the writers they were talking about like the violation of like peeping toms and the yeah. violation of people you know looking in on you or observing you without you knowing and how how just how terrible that would make someone feel um, and, and we all know that we don't want anybody to make us feel that way you were talking about the white gays and the white gays, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I tried to connect and understand it. I don't know the white gays. I was trying to understand it. Well, I, just like, just I, and, I didn't. Get and, it. and when when Courtney Courtney B Vance gave that like monologue, if you will, not really a monologue, but when he was just mm-hmm. talking to. It felt like a monologue um, yeah. about you know who you are and don't mm-hmm. let them make you feel a certain way. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. Yada yeah. yada yada. I, I knew that that's where they were kind of going, kind of like, um, I mean, to be like a black American, just li- living in this country. Um, and there was a, I'm trying to think of the poet. Maybe it was Langston Hughes. I don't know. I'm, I'm using it, but just saying like, you live in this reality where you kind of live your life through how they would see you or, or perceive you. Um, but you know how you are. Cause I, I mean, I remember, um, Maybe this makes it plainer. I don't know. It may make it worse. But one of the sites was saying how she would never buy sliced watermelons at the grocery store. Yes. She was like, white people see you. They see you yeah. buying these damn watermelons. She's just like, yeah. I was like, I ain't gonna never buy white sliced watermelons at the store because I, the perception of the of white people seeing me buy these goddamn watermelons. Yes. It's kind of like, you know who you are. Get your goddamn watermelon. Fuck changing who you are based off of this gaze and perception that's always mm-hmm. constantly here because it is this country it is them with the power and and the influence and dominant culture yeah. but you know who you are and don't let them tell you what this watermelon might mean to you fuck that yeah i don't okay. know if that made it plainer or worse but yeah, that- no no it makes it perfect. You like you have now made it clear. I, I think I missed that in the podcast. So I was like, I didn't. I was I was not following it. And I like I just I didn't know what they were talking about. But it makes sense. Like I, when I worked in corporate America and we would take clients out, we would you know in Atlanta you go to like South City Kitchen. When people come up come here from like the north of LA, they want to like they want they want southern you know southern food. You know like South right. City Kitchen has they want fried chicken. Right. I would not. <laughs> I would fucking and I fucking love fried chicken because it's delicious and tasty. And yes. I, I would not. I would not. I don't give a 
fuck I would not order fried chicken and eat fried chicken in front of white people. I wouldn't, and I, I don't, I feel like I should be able to do that now, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they, what that perception would be. Yes, of course. That's, that's yeah. what he, that's what he's saying. Let me tell you something. I went to this wedding yeah. and I, and this, I was and the only black person there until, um, a friend of uh, the bride came later, um, mm-hmm. who was a black girl. And so then when they started playing the little music at the end, they were playing all these line dances and all of them were getting up there trying to do their little line dances. <laughs> and I looked across the room and I looked at her and she looked at me. Yeah. And it was the communication. I was like, yeah. I ain't going up there because they expected <laughs> us to go up there and lead these fucking line dances and I'm not fucking going up there. And she, and she it was like, telepathic she was like girl i ain't either fuck that shit i ain't going up there i'm like i ain't either. i ain't know this girl from a hole in the wall but we had this yeah. in-depth discussion yeah about why we were not going up there doing this line dances as the only two black people here because that's what your, they expected us to do yeah it was your shared experience yeah you, just, you, didn't, you didn't need words right it's like yeah. mm-hmm, girl <laughs> wow wow and there. Matter of fact, now that I th- okay, now that you've explained it that way, there is a really if you've ever seen um I I tell everybody to watch um what is Dave Chen's uh show on Netflix? Ugly Delicious. Yeah. Please oh. go watch go watch the first episode. Uh, so go watch the first season and he does an entire segment on uh black chicken. people yeah. and, and chick fried chicken. Yeah. It was really phenomenal. Um I tell everybody to go say it. it's really, really good. And and how racism is involved how racism influences Western uh, food culture. It was really good. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We got to thanks for helping me uh, uh, understand that. Look, black people helping black people. I would love to see it. <laughs> uh, so we see that they're kind of stuck in these hells and they all, there's a, the dinner bell, they're getting ready for dinner. So the doors open and they're able to walk out. So each of them are kind of like, they know the other person has been through a tra- trauma, but they don't know what they saw. They know so that they, they're in their own personal hell. So they don't kind of tell each other. Um, and then yeah. George is like, it doesn't matter. Like, she, you know, they're like, well, what did you see? It doesn't matter what we saw. It doesn't matter what you saw. It matter what I saw. It doesn't matter what anybody saw. Like, it's fine. And he, you know, tells them, he was like, what they're trying to do is make us crazy. They're trying to, they're trying to terrorize us. Um, and I was like, sh- that line, like, it etched itself into my, like, soul today. Yes. I was like, this, like watching the uh, Republican National uh, Convention, I'm like, what those people were trying to do is terrify people, people. Into not voting into be into being submissive to, to a, a psychopath. Like they're trying to terrorize you. And that's what they do to us and do to black and brown people every day. Yeah. Um, then uh, Tick was like, I need to make a confession. Some, I did something in the war and something bad. And George stops it. I think maybe you just talked that a minute ago. He says, you know, you were a good boy and you're an even better man. Like you, like you said, you know who you are. Don't let these people and what they say you are make make you what you what they want you to be. Like you are, you know you are. You're a good man. Um. So yeah, he when he said yeah, all they all they're trying to do, they're trying to get in our heads, they're trying to fuck with us, they're trying to make, they're trying to gaslight us, and that's when he. I wish they'd use the word gaslight actually, um, and terrorize us, and that's and that's what we saw. Like, a, a, another young man who Marcus just talked about at the beginning of the show who was helping someone doing something a Samaritan would do with his three, three small children and was shot in the back by police for no reason. He didn't have the gun. He didn't have a knife. He didn't have anything. He was just going back to his car to check on his kids like anybody would. And because white police and police, period, terrorized black people and brown people, they felt it was okay to shoot him seven times in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, it just like, when he said that, I was like, oh shit, like, yeah, they do. They terrorize us every day, every day. 
a mess. So um, William comes and he kind of gathers them for dinner and he lets uh, Letty know that she can't join them. It's like an all, you know, this for all men and black tie. It's very fancy and all this stuff. So uh, Tick and George can go to the, um, to the dinner and Samuel, um, he, uh, we saw that he was having surgery and they took what we think is the liver. And so he tried to, he puts it on the, like these dinner plates and was trying to feed it to people and uh yeah he says just like adam gave e created eve by his rib i'm gonna give you something of myself and i was like and then when tick uh uncle george leaned off he said don't eat that y'all know <laughs> y'all know how we be acting y'all know how how we be acting in different people like don't eat that who, who has that girl? Uh, okay <laughs> who, who made that was, this um, what, what is this who made this <laughs> who, who made this they right. don't, you know like, they don't keep a clean house they don't wash their hands exactly. <laughs> 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 I love I love that there were so many <laughs> excuse me um shared experiences. There were so many black shared experiences in this uh, in this show that made made everything so lovely. I mean um, but yeah don't you can't, you can't eat everybody collard greens. You can't eat everybody mm-hmm. you can't do it. You can't eat everybody house. Yeah. So so can't. So can't. Um so uh we find out that Tick is a direct descendant of Titus, like we said a little bit earlier, disconfirmed. And because we know Uncle George uh, found that book uh, that had their bylaws and of the sons, um, we find out that Tick is called a son, a son among sons, meaning that he is a direct descendant of Titus, meaning that he can tell anybody in this cult what to do. Like you, if he tells you to do it, you have to do it. Um, Samuel is not Samuel is not even a direct descendant because he's a distant cousin. So they're they're in the bloodline, but not direct bloodline. So Tick gets up and uh, he said, "Everybody, you know, get the fuck out of here and like go home." And like when that white man threw one white man threw that that napkin down, y'all, I feel like he was so mad. I was like, <laughs> that shit made me die laughing. I ain't gonna lie. Right. So they get up and they leave. And I watched yeah, it. I, mm-hmm. No, I watched this episode two two more times. And every time he told the white people to get out, it spoke to me more deep down in my spirit. <laughs> he said, get the fuck out of here. I was like, okay, let's go. I just kept hearing um, Bernie Mac and, um, I mean, the dude in a Players Club, not Bernie Mac, the other dude, when he walked in the Players Club, was like, you don't want to get shot. Get the fuck, fuck out. <laughs> I was getting Martin vibes. Like, oh, okay. I was okay. getting Martin vibes from that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Uncle George, you know, he has read, he read their bylaws, so he knew it was up. He said, you know, I'm a, he's a Freemason, um, that he belongs to the, you know, Prince Hall um, Freemasons. That's the first black person or black man that was able to join uh, or, or start his own lodge um, as a Mason. And that ties back into the bloodline. Uh, and if you have, you know, some, some spice in the bloodline or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, so Samuel, Samuel just sitting there like, I don't give a shit. What y'all talking about? Like, bye. If y'all gonna leave, leave. He looked like he was just over it. And at that point, I was like, y'all have really made a mistake. Y'all in these white people house, they're not gonna let you talk to them any kind of way. Like, please sit down. Um, and Samuel was like, I don't care about these people. He's like, I'm not a zealot. Like, I don't, I, I'm doing this because what I have to do. I, they, they go by the bylaws and all these laws and I use it to control them. They're right. the dum-dums. Like, I, I don't care. I, I need you for an end. And at the end of the day, I'm going to get what I want. Basically what he was telling them. And ain't that just the tale of the wealthy white racists? I mean, yes. <laughs> they don't follow no rules. They just, whatever can control the poor white racists to help maintain shit. But they ain't yes. got to follow shit. Okay. Yes. As we, as, 
as we see every day in the White House. They don't follow marine rules in the no. White House. They can do whatever the fuck they want to do. And on Thursday, we're going to watch someone accept a nomination for a Republican Party in the White House on a, a federally fund, a federally paid for land. First impeached president. First impeached. He, out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here, guy. So, yes, they can do whatever they, they want to do is basically uh, the commentary on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, votes. Register to vote and vote. Please. Please. Um, so then Samuel tells them, he was like, Titus used something called the Book of Names. And he put spells all over his body. So it, the spells on his body, he was trying to gain immortality. And he basically says, Tick, you are his direct descendant. So that means that some of that spells and some of that magic had to rub off on you because you are direct descendant. And he was like, all I need you to do, I need some of that direct descendant blood and all the stuff that were in the magic. And I'm going to open a portal to eat the Garden of Eden. So at the end of the day, that's what he wanted to use Tick for, uh, in, because in Tick's blood, somewhere lies some of Titus's, of course, his DNA and some of the magic and the spells that he used to make himself um, immortal. Mm-hmm. So now we know why, why they need, uh, why they need um, Tick. Uh, so then I call this the rescue attempt. So we got the gang, they getting together, Tick done gone upstairs, they, they got Letty, like we got to roll out. And they decide to go get Montrose. And uh, the earlier scene, we saw that they found that tower. And that's what they thought Montrose was. So they went in the, in the tower to, uh, to kind of a, uh, to rescue him. And it m- makes another reference back to the Count of Monte Cristo. Cristo. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Montrose has gone through the wall and dug a tunnel out. And he's uh, gone outside. Uh, so they have to, they, they find him outside, they go out and he's like, yay, I made it. That was such a Shawshank Redemption moment. That was, was so like, funny. They were like, hey, Montrose. Hey, hey, Montrose. <laughs> he turned around so irritated. He was like, the fuck y'all doing here? Like, I need y'all to come here. I, 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 got, say I got this. I got this. <gasps> and that <laughs> was, I got it. I, I made a mistake. <laughs> and when I was like, this is not quite, that is how it went. Cause I was remembering he did tunnel he went into the room of a prisoner who had died, but he only got into that room because he tunneled and then he got in the body bag and then they carried him out that way. So okay. yes, that was Count of Monte Cristo. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that book is really helping people get out of sticky situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, good looking out, Count. So uh, Montrose is out there and he look, he turned around irritated. Like, I didn't need y'all to help me. I was going to save myself. And Tick was like, but you wrote me a letter. He was like, I wrote that letter to you under distress. Like, I haven't spoke to you in five years. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I missed this the first two episodes. Nina Simone's song comes on. And yeah. I just, I was like, I, I, I think I was so focused on them getting out of there safely. I just completely missed it. So when that song drops and you're, um, you're kind of going through this whole thing with them, uh, going back and forth. And, you know, you see Montrose is kind of this asshole. He's not very kind, not very kind to anybody. Uh, and it's kind of just like, I was going to get here myself. I didn't want you to come here. Right. Um, so <laughs> they hop in the car. Letty's like, come on here. We got to get in this car. We got to go. They get back. They get into the Bentley. Um, they stolen from, they didn't get in Woody now. I like, I like, they didn't get back in Woody. They was like, let me take this Bentley and we about to roll out. So they get in the car and they start driving and they get on the bridge um, and there is another barrier. And once, once I paid attention, like I saw that those same symbols were on the bridge or on the, um, the bridge that was on the door. So that magic is, that black magic is still there and the car crashes and uh, um, is stopped uh, basically on the bridge. And then Samuel comes and Christina come and Samuel, you know, shoots uh, both Letty and George, and Letty dies um, 
right there. And I said, I said, I, mean, I laughed at myself, like, listen to that recap. I was like, are the insta take? I was like, she was the best dyer. I was like, that doesn't sound right. She did a really I good mean, job. She did a really good job. I mean, she did. She, it looked like she, that, she looked like she died. Like, she looked, you know, yeah. I, I started checking Twitter to make sure the bitch ain't that for real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, her neck, her neck was all turned to the side. I was like, girl, you are you are really giving to this city. Is Journey Smollett is Journey Smollett trending? Listen, uh, I don't know. <laughs> the neck, but it made me think of her um, in Eve's Bayou when she when she walked into that house and her sister was in the bathtub and she was like, "We need to take a, we need to get in the bathroom. You gonna use bottle of water, Louisiana?" Like she was so as a child, she was so angry. Like yeah. in that scene, that was like the funniest scene in the entire, the best scene in the entire movie for me. But yeah, yeah I like this girl. She is dedicated to wh- whoever she playing. She playing that person all the way. Exactly. She would have sold her brother's story better than he sold it oh yeah oh, oh, oh absolutely yep 100 percent. i'd have been like yeah i believe this girl 100 percent. i believe if, if it was her we would be right now protesting trying to find <laughs> folks <laughs> we be justice for journey <laughs> <laughs> Shit. justice for journey i like that one um so but in the car ride before everything happened i, I forgot to mention uh um George has done some research and Montrose has done a little bit of research and they say these lodges are all over the country. And I think that we all, we all need to keep that in the back of our minds. Like this, I thought this storyline was at, done at the end of this show, but I don't think it is. It said that these, these lodges are all over the country. The one yeah. that they, they were at was called the son of Adam. Um, and they uh, are basically the people that are looking for um, immortality through a spell book called the book of names. And uh, Montrose says, Oh, the, the book of the dead, like, no, no, not the book of the dead. This is the book of the living. So the book of names. So that's what they're trying to, um, to, to bring, to get immortality and go through the portal. So we see that they're shot. And then the scene just, uh, once he shoots George, the scene shuts down. And then the next thing we see, um, is Letty and George are in, you know, in the room with Montrose and that you can see, um, they're kind of cleaning and he's completely naked. Great, great view from the back. Uh, my friend, <laughs> great view, tick from the back. Uh, I mean, so tick doing, okay, okay. He's doing them, really, he's doing them squats. I mean, he he's doing a squat in, okay, and I ain't mad, okay. <laughs> I am not mad at that. And good job, you're doing it. <laughs> wear more tight shirts and tight britches. Um, so oh, they're like cleaning, <laughs> cleaning him off, and he can see into the room, um, kind of like what the what the cult members were doing. He can see his family and his friends, uh, his friend Letty through one of those portals um and then letty wakes up and uh she's like wiping off the blood and she's clearly coming back from the dead and i I, i'm still gonna stick by my statement that i made last uh insta take and i do think that she is a reanimated person and that she is slash a zombie that's what i believe sorry i'm gonna stick to it so she's i I mean that that's zombie is probably the only drama this show hasn't gone to yet my only thing with that though is that aren't zombies technically just dead like they're still dead it's just that they can they're reanimated like the reanimator yeah but okay in the book if she still got a pumping heart and stuff then technically i don't know like we'll we'll see we don't know Okay. So there, uh, so I'm, uh, there's there's a show, and you can find it on Hulu. I fell in love. It's a BBC uh, show, and it's called um, In the Flesh, and it's a new take on the zombies. And this is how I say she's a zombie. So in this show, 
the zombie apocalypse happens, but what the people do is they find a way to give them medicine to make them stop having the zombie, like the craving for killing people, eating brains. So they basically uh, reteach the zombies how to be human, but they have to take this drug for the rest of their lives. So that's why I say she is reanimated like that show that mm. you all can go and find right now today on Hulu because it's real good. What's it called again? It's called In the Flesh. Okay. It's a BB. It's an English show, so it's BBC. Um, and then uh, in the show, the people who were formerly zombies, like they're having, it's like they're having to be re brought back into society, but they have killed a lot of people in their communities. Like they've eaten them and killed them, right? So mm -hmm. they're like they didn't know what they were doing. So bring them back. So it kind of makes you think a little bit about like the Rwandan genocide. Like you, these people have have done this bad thing, but now we want them to, now we need to, we need to move forward as a society. So how do we do this together and not hold grudges? So, so in this show, this huh? Drama? Yeah, yeah, it's a horror. It's like a drama horror show. It's really good. Huh. But like the former zombies are like, like they put uh, like makeup on their face. The only thing, only way you can tell that they have been zombies and been dead is their eyes. Because like people say that the eyes are the window to the soul. Like that's the only real part of a person that you see. So in the show, you can only tell that a person has been a zombie or is a zombie by the, their eyes if they don't have a contact in. It's really good, y'all. Check it out. Okay. Check it out. It's good. It's good. A lot of social, there's a lot of social, a social commentary on it as well. So that's what makes, it just makes it really interesting. Uh, so Letty wakes up um, and she's, you know, kind of going through it and she's clearly like come back to the side and very traumatized and she's trying to get it together. So she goes to the bathroom and kind of like, you know, kind of gets herself uh, uh, situated. Um, then we see Montrose and George are talking um, and George says, you know, you need to be, you know, you need to be a better father. You need to show more love to Tick. Like you have it in you. Um, and, and he basically said, you know, Tick may not be your, may not be your son. And that's, again, I'm like, D Dora, bring Dora back on into, into this. Dora, he had an affair with Dora. And Tick might be his son and not Montrose's son. So I'm going to stick to that until they tell me otherwise. Right. That's what I believe. So we're going to see what happens. Um, so as this is happening, uh, they're, uh, the cult people and Samuel, they have Tick now tied up. Um, Christina has given him this ring, this gold ring um, that used to be Titus's ring. And so they, they have him in this room and there's this kind of portal mirror thing in the front of him. And they started saying all this, this uh, chants and all these black uh, magic chants. And then you hear this voiceover of the poem that's the title of this episode called Whitey's on the Moon. Um, and I was like, what is going on? Um, I just want to say that when Christina... Christina placed that ring on his finger. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And while she, when she placed that ring on his finger, she says something to the effect of your father and grandfather, whatever, cannot determine who you are. You determine mm -hmm. your own future. It can be the slightest thing. You just got to take advantage of it. And she kind of yes. says, and as she puts the ring on the finger. Foreshadowing? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I think yeah. that Christina said all of this in, in order. Oh yeah, she 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 said what at the end of the end of everything she definitely did her and William, because I was like what what, she, what what other purpose did William wasn't even a part of anything I was like he just her partner in crime whatever whatever that ring is yes that she put on his finger is is what caused the whole spell to collapse okay yes. yeah. 
So what? So uh, when, now what, they, where she got the ring from, or how she knew it was gonna cause the spell to collapse? I do not know these things yet. But it she, didn't say anybody know. Yeah, but she said that the slightest thing, and you gotta seize the moment. And the camera pans in, zooms in on her saying that she put the ring on the finger. And then when this ceremony begins, and, and it's working fine at first, you see the, yeah. the eye was growing and everything. And then he looks at the ring, and the ring starts doing something really strange. Yeah, like black black stuff starts coming out of the ring. Yeah. And that's and when the the whole spell and shit starts falling apart. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, she, didn't, I didn't she, notice that until the second watch. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't either. I, I didn't pay attention to it. I feel like once, I, first of all, I didn't pay enough attention to her putting that ring. I just thought I put the ring on the finger. I didn't pay enough attention to what she was saying until the third watch. Yeah. And then because the, the first and second watch, like I had to turn the sound off to focus on the TV to see what was going on. I was so grown grace, so engrossed by the poem. In the, Poem. I guess I was like, I I'm so confused. Where are we going? These don't match. Like I was yeah. like, um, where am I? What's happening? Right. So yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like yes, Christina is the one. She continued to save his life. You know, make sure he got there safe. Um, and she and he was like, you can left my family out of this. And she was like, you don't want brought the other two people here. Like I didn't tell you to do that. Like <laughs> you can't by yourself, dumb dumb. Um. So so yeah, we see that once everything kicks off and the black stuff starts coming out of the uh, the ring, then you see um, in the mirror, there's a woman standing there and she has a book in her hand, but you don't ever see what the book is. And you realize that's Hannah, his um, ancestor. And he starts screaming and yelling and then everything starts to go crazy. Uh, the ceiling starts to start crumbling. And then as he starts to yell, there's something that kind of goes out and touches everyone and turns them into some into ash and some into stone. So then that's what we talked about, maybe a Sodom and Gomorrah type of thing where you shouldn't look back. Um, so maybe something had that. I don't know. So I don't know. Everybody just did. They was just dead. Everybody in that room was dead 100%. And the house starts to collapse on top of him. Um, and then Hannah, the ghost, and it was a beautiful scene. And I didn't recognize it until the, um, the third watch. As the ghost is leading him out, she's leading her descendant out and her scene is fire when she's running through the house yeah and his yeah. scene is the building collapsing. yeah yeah right. and I, I didn't see i didn't i didn't focus i also focused on her and like who is the lady and what is she doing with this book and so it was beautiful that um that she led her her descendant out of that house to safety and then the house collapsed just like uh in george's favorite book and everybody died. and that's and so when i real realized that Okay, Christina has done all this. That's why yeah. I was kind of like, "Would well, did Hannah do it the first time?" I, well, I thought. Well, I, way, I thought that she did do it the first time. But would it, and how was it connected to that ring? Like, how did she? How, yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like Hannah. She. I feel like they keep saying that Titus. Titus was the one that caused the house to catch on fire, right? Because mm -hmm. he messed the spell up. I don't think he really messed this fell up. I think Hannah set that house on fire and killed them. She took the book. And I think she has the book of names and that's what she was running with. But I'm just like, uh, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Hannah has some, possesses some sort of magic herself. I think so. I, I think she does. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Um, 
And I feel like Christina, I feel like what is because we realize what once I realized, like when Marcus says the wistful, it wasn't. Christina was the one. She was like, Oh, you want me to remove the spell? Okay, I've done it. She did that. So I think that she put dark magic or different type of magic in that ring. I feel like that might that was probably Titus's real ring that she tampered with. And um, I think that we're gonna find out that once he takes that ring off, we're gonna see probably some kind of inscription or something that she has warded that ring with. Okay. But I believe that Hannah has the book of names like uh, that, that everybody needed because I'm like, if, if you needed the book, of, you need the book of names, right? That's what Titus used to put the spells on his body. And that's what he needed to make the, spe- the rest of those spells work. If she stole, I think she lit the house on fire, killed him, ran out with the book so that nobody else could have it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. She, she could be, um, they never say where Hannah, where her, uh, the people are from. So right. it could be a play on like um, Coven or uh, the last, um, not the last, but I guess it was season five of uh, American Horror Story with Coven. And they had um, the voodoo. They, they showed how like white witches or witches from Salem versus like Marie Laveau and uh, black witches from, um, from Haiti and uh, the Caribbean. So yeah. she could be, she could, I don't know. But she could definitely be magic. I feel like we don't know the rules of this world. No. Um, they taught us that if you're dead, doesn't mean you necessarily going to stay dead, right? right? We know that. So George, I'm, I'm like, I feel bad about George, but George may not stay dead. He may, he, he may, may come not. Back. I don't, I don't know. No. For me, he don't need to come back. I mean, I miss George. No. I love George. I love his lashes, but yeah, you know, I don't need, I don't need him to come back. Not, not really. He come back in a vision. You know what I'm saying? Nah. So, um, nah, I like how they, all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> nah, like I said, I like how they flipped that uh that trope of the black magical Negro, like I mentioned in the beginning. Like whether it's like what's uh Michael Clark Duncan, Green Mile, yeah. Shaq and Kazam, yeah. Goldberg and Go, <laughs> Hersha Ali and Green Book, like that that black. That black Negro trope—that's—that's got to go, and I like how they flipped that. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I hope they continue to flip it because I don't know. To me, I feel like this is Christina's play to get power, eventually. Mm. Okay. So Christina said all this stuff, so she can she can be immortal. I mean, I don't know. That's because to me, I don't I don't see why else you try to sabotage the spell, this spell, and it kills your father in the process. I'm pretty sure you knew it would kill your dad in the process. You're not doing it because you love black people. <laughs> I thought she was doing it because she hated her dad. I was like, I think she just hates her, her dad. Like She might hate her dad, but she ain't doing it because she love black people either. Yeah, no, she, she, but she love the monsters. I'm, she I'm sure she, yeah, I'm sure she's tired of also playing second fiddle because she keeps rolling her eyes every time she talks yeah. about oh, Eve messed it up. Oh, Eve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, oh, I can't I can't have any power here because I'm a woman just because I'm yeah. born. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I love, they were like, and people that, that take the literal interpretation of the Bible are simple. And I was like, yeah. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you all Republicans who vote uh, one issue. Um, so then, <laughs> at, so then we uh, get to the end and we see that Hannah has led tick out. The house is completely collapsed. Like in that book, Ain't none left. Um, I was like, that house probably wasn't put together very well. So guys, you need to work on your like basement work because that shit fell down like like some Legos. Um, 
So he get they get out, they and then he sees that his family um are out in the car and Letty runs up and gives him a hug and then her face just says it all like Yeah. You know, we then we find out George didn't uh he didn't make it. Um in this scene, in this in episode two. Not saying that George cannot come back episode three because <laughs> They, we have not set the terms of this world. You know, we don't, we don't, we know that those monsters can bite somebody and they can turn to the other monster, vampire monsters. We know that dead people can come back um, into the land of the living. We know magic is a real thing. We know that the, the ghosts are a real thing and that they help the living. Um, so I'm just like, I'm just like trying to like mentally, like what are the laws of this world? Like what, what how are we being governed? Um, so we don't see. But it, yeah. again, this was great. Episode two, yeah. Okay. It was yeah. It, it I was thinking the other day. This was one of my favorite episodes of TV in a in a long while. Like really? yeah, com- yeah, enjoyable yeah. from beginning to end. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it. I liked it. Yeah, though. But okay. I it just if and I love um. And I know that uh, Marcus, you and I listened to the watch, uh, Chris Ryan and Andy, um, Andy Greenwald, and yeah. he, they, they were just like in awe of the, the pacing. They were like, yeah, this yeah. show moves so fast. And it did. I'm like, it took me. And usually after I watch something twice, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I watched it again today. And guys, it was, I was so, I was, I was so focused on this show. Like it was like the first time I ever seen it. And like I don't watch this damn thing it, twice already. Yeah. It's paced, but it's not rushed. And that's the good part. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It was like a, it was just a fun episode. It's it, it ran the gamut of emotions, and even though it ended technically on a sad note, I'm not mad about that because that's to me that's where the story should should be. Like there there needed to be a cost to some of this. The same way a lot of, that's why people enjoy. And I know we're tired of talking about Game of Thrones, but that's why people enjoy Game of Thrones because there was a cost to things. Like the good people didn't always live. These motherfuckers died. They got beheaded. Yeah, for the final season, yeah, yeah. They have to do that. They have to do that to Hardor. They have to do what they did to Hardor, though. <laughs> but, I'm still yeah. Right. So that, that's kind of why I don't want George to come back. I want there to be a cost to some of Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I liked it. Like, yeah. straight up. I know. It was great. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, I just feel like I'm going to keep up. I'm hoping that everything keeps up. I hope that it keeps getting better and better. But I'm like, how in the hell are we, like, we're going to have a heart attack. I'm, like, I'm going to be drinking. I'm like, I just think I, on Sunday I need to pour, pour some brown liquor and just call it a day. It might not be, you know, this bad Sunday. That's, you know, it might be a slower pace. Like you were saying, pace, I, I can't see them keeping up this frantic. Yeah. I'm not going to say frantic. Like, it was, it's hard to explain. It was a lot going on. It was super fast, but, but it wasn't just head spinning. Like, you couldn't catch things. Yeah. Like, I feel like, what episode of that was, um, of The Watchmen, we just... Maybe it was the final episode of The Watchmen where we the felt like yeah. it just stuff was, we had to, I know I had to watch that four or five times to get yeah. everything. I didn't have to watch this four or five times to get everything. Uh-huh. Maybe three times. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to, it took me three times to get everything because I know I was missing some things. I'm saying that right now. At least twice, but definitely not as many times. And I could still rewatch that finale to Watchmen and still <laughs> miss stuff. Like, oh shit, we missed that. So, yeah. yeah. I loved, I, yeah, 
I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, the preview for next week looked really dark, uh, very dramatic, and it feels like they're gonna bring in some more supernatural. So, and Hippolyta is gonna be uh, one of the main characters next episode as well. Right. That, that's a that's a that's a sexy woman right there. She's beautiful. Uh, and Miss Ellis, because I'm I don't want to fuck up her first name. Yeah, Miss um, Ellis. Uh huh. Hippolyta, the lady plays her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, she is. She is lovely. I thought Dora was really, really pretty. I don't know that we'll see oh, yeah. her, but yeah, she was so pretty. Um, everybody, everybody in this show is beautiful. Like, and the fact that you see so many beautiful shades of black people, it just like makes me happy. Yeah. I just, it's just great. It's just lovely. So I, I am. I'm just gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm excited. Again, it's all my favorite genres. It's the shit that I watch on a regular basis and am in love with. So, and I'm happy that they have a companion podcast because that does help a lot with our people who were in the writer's room and like, what are the reasons for them doing certain things? Um, and the, the care and the love that they took on this show to write it. And the fact that people had started pitching this almost eight years ago, like this was gonna do eight oh. years. So they've been, they've been working on this for almost a decade. So, oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I was like, this is, yeah, this is beautiful. Very excited. So. Well, we're going to see what Miss Christina has in store. I, you know, I, I have to admit that I kind of like Christina. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's something mysterious about her, but she be fly yeah. doing all this weird shit. Like, yeah. she fly as fuck doing, like, hugging aliens and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and trapping black people. But she be dressed to a T and a happy laid. I be like, what's up with you? I'd be interested in, in, in continuing to see what you're going to do. Just, yeah. you know. The wardrobe, whoever is the wardrobe mistress, uh, or, or whoever, the mistress or master of the wardrobe, I mean, I tell you, phenomenal. Th these are some most beautiful outfits that I've ever seen. Like, that gorgeous, on point. Then I'm like, who did the music for this show? Why did your boy Raphael Sadiq? Yep, I was about to say Raphael Sadiq. I was like, they keep your ass working. You <laughs> own it. When I tell you, but and I was like, and I was because like, it's the everything is so perfect. It only makes sense that it's him. Yeah, like I, I want to watch shows that only he does the music scores for from now on moving okay. forward. Raphael, stay getting them checks, man. Listen, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like uh, HBO seems like they're a very loyal network to the good to good people that do good work. That that's a good and bad thing. To do good work. <laughs> to be too loyal. <laughs> I don't think they're too loyal. I just think that they're loyal to the people that, that the people that I know that do good work that I've seen so far. Um, I mean, we can't blame them for what I know you're going to blame them for because <laughs> you know what. The double Ds? Yeah. Right. But I had five good seasons. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I squared, up. I squared it up. They had we done had excellent, days. they had done excellent work. They just didn't know that. They were just gonna throw in the towel the last exactly. season, whatever. So you got, you got, you got, you got ten good years of dick, and it ended tragically. Well, no, and what I mean, by, <laughs> and when I say that, and when I say that, no, but no, 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 but I feel like they course corrected and put them out. You know what I'm saying? They they didn't keep giving them work once they realized it. They're like, yeah, oh, so I'm like that. I feel like HBO once they realized that these two guys were pieces of sh like I mean, we're, we're not the best of, of writers and showrunners. That's when they cut it off. They didn't then give them the next show. They gave the show to somebody else. So I don't know. I thought it was great. I'm excited for Sunday um, for episode three. 
uh, and let's break out the Ouija board. Yay! Mm, I don't, mm, I'm not excited about that. I don't fuck with them. I mean, you can give me ex- aliens shooting out cows' yeah. asses. You can give me spells and stuff yeah. like that. When you start fucking with Ouija boards, that's when I'm like, mm, we about to get to know. the real world. We about to get into the real world. To watch this in the daytime. I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna head out. Right. Watch this in the daytime and immediately head to the Bible study after. <laughs> Just hold your Bible. Hold, take put your Bible on your lap. Right. Yeah. I don't that that uh like this horror to me is I love the zombie uh, tr- uh genre, but definitely like the supernatural. It's like when you bring out a Ouija board, I know we about to get scary. Like I know my heart's gonna be beating. Not the monster like that. Did that was doesn't like it was like a jump scare. But it wasn't scary, but I feel like. Black people don't really fuck with Ouija boards like that. So it's exactly. Gonna be, it's going to be it. I'm like, like that's, you want to get your ass whooped, bring one of them in the house. I bet you get your ass whooped. Um, right. So, yeah. So, I'm excited. So, we're going to see what happens with the Ouija board. So, I don't know. Uh, Letty's sister is going to be um, a lot in the next episode. Like I said, Hippolyta is going to be in the next episode. Um, it seems like Montrose uh, plays a big part. So, we're going to see what happens. I'm excited. Your girl Hippolyta seems like she's seeing ghosts or something. In the preview, she kind of looks over her shoulder as if something is creeping behind her and the door opens yeah. or whatever. And I'm just like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. She seems like a time traveler. So I'm, tra- I'm interested to see what, what she, re- I don't think that she is what we think she, I don't think she's a human. Hippolyta? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. yeah i don't think she's i think she might be connected to like the maybe not supernatural but some maybe uh a time traveling person um just by you know their, the trailer that they put out was so random and none right. of it made sense so yeah. but it, it showed her in different her face in different time periods she was in ancient <laughs> rome she was yes yeah, so i'm like so is she an alien that maybe time travels or i don't know i'm excited we'll see we'll see guys I, I wish they would drop all this shit at one time so i could just binge over my heart TV. would explode if i watch this shit all at one time oh, i would probably yeah. pass out no like damn I, it's hard i don't feel like waiting for that i don't feel like waiting to for the scene where she like this warrior whatever just yeah. african queen warrior so americans <laughs> When everything fast, give me a break. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I think it's gonna be whatever it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. They're gonna do a great job, and we're gonna have to figure it out. But hopefully, we're not all scared and frightened next week with the Ouija board and the ghosts. <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us on episode two, uh, Whitey's on the Moon for um, Lovecraft Country. Please make sure that you, if you listen to us on iTunes, please go on and rate and review us and give us five stars. That helps us to gain traction on um, iTunes and we're better, uh, better searched. So please, please, please make sure that you rate and review us. Leave us a great comment. Um, ask us questions. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are also on Instagram. So please give us some questions. Give us some comments. Let us know how you uh, feel about our show. And we'd love to hear from you. So I just want to say thank you for joining us and have a great week. And talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Deuces. <laughs>